I'm Rachel Johnson, co-host of the Educals Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. episode 32. And today we're going to talk about what makes a school successful here on Transparency in Teaching with me, Anne. And I've got my wonderful people here with me who are Sharon, Sharon, <laughs> Jen, 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 and Jen. <laughs> yes, we're all here today uh, to talk about this uh, important topic because I'm getting the feeling that uh, nobody, from what I did in my research, nobody really knows what makes the school <laughs> successful. Well, because it's subjective. Yeah. You can make it successful however you want. Yeah, nobody I guess so. Knows. But then, you know what? I guess the, the, the point I'm trying to get to today is that there's so many people who are like, oh, schools are not doing what they're supposed to. And and right. people, are, you know, the teachers aren't good and our kids are getting indoctrinated and blah, 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 blah. But um, in my research for this episode, I was looking high and low for a, a definition of what the product is. You know, what, when, how do you know a, a student is successful? What is a successful student? What I did find were qualities, like lots and lots of places mm -hmm. uh, listed, like what makes a school successful? But it doesn't say anything about how a, you know, uh, what the product looks like. Yeah. So, so that's, that's the deal. So we're going to try to figure out what, in our opinion, uh, makes a school successful. How do you know that your school is doing the job it's supposed to be doing? So there you go. And what, wait, but we're not defining what that job is. episode. <laughs> Yeah, well, we're going to have to, because I, we need to, how can you know a school is successful? How do you know a school is successful if there's no uh, definition of what that is? Yeah. So what's the job and what's the outcome? Right. What's our you know, purpose it's just like, and what, yes. how are we going to measure that? I got well, you. you know, like I kind of think about it like, you know, when you buy a car, you know, whether the company has been successful in the fact that the car runs, it doesn't have a lot of problems. It lasts for a long time. I mean, it has measurable good things. ratings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> but how do you do that with uh, pupils, with students? You know, how do you, what is a successful outcome from a, a school? So I found two definitions, um, the closest things I could get. And one came from uh, successful school, uh, successful schools, guidelines for boards of education. And this was what this particular, um, uh, articles suggested as what the, their, their school board was suggesting that the students were like, right? So it says this, a successful school is one in which all students have achieved academically and complete grade 12. 
All students, no matter what their socioeconomic status, gender, racial, or cultural background, are equipped with the knowledge, skills, and attitudes to be successful in school at the next level next year, and eventually to participate in post-secondary education or enter the workforce. What do you think? Uh, yeah. Well, right there, yeah. complete grade 12. I guarantee you there's kids going to be completing grade 12 that just slipped through the cracks the whole time. You know, we've got kids, I've got kids in grade seven that are reading at grade one, grade two, grade three, and they're going to continue on. Because we have social promotion and no standards mm -hmm. of what you do before you move on to the next grade. Yeah. True. It says achieve academically and complete grade 12. But then it also goes on and says that they are equipped with the knowledge, skills, and attitudes to be successful in school at the next level the next year and participate in post-secondary education or enter the workforce. So if I have a really shitty attitude, yeah. like I did in, in ninth grade and I hated the fucking teacher they gave me for uh, English and um, <laughs> yeah. And, of course you did. Yeah, of course I, of course I did. And um, she kicked me out the first day of school and sent me to the headmaster because um, I was referring to a character in the book. And she asked me a question. And Dang, I go, this is some deep shit. You still remember this. Damn, girl. Ah, ah, ah. She goes, There's some um, socio-emotional necess necessity here for you. Yeah. She goes, she goes, well, what did this, what did, what did this character think about life? And she called on me and I was all, you know, slumped in my chair with my arms folded across my chest. And he go, and I go, well, he thought it sucked. <laughs> She's like, maybe you did. She go, <laughs> wow. You're done. That's like a student being polite nowadays. <laughs> right? Shit. And and I got removed from her class for the rest of the year and put in someone else's English class. Oh my gosh. I was removed from her class because I used inappropriate well, by, language. By this measurement, then you would not uh, be in right. a successful school because of your attitude. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I get where they're trying to get to here. It's like they're trying to encompass all parts of the kid. Mm -hmm. and right. say we we need we need everything to be like in sync and so that you can be a properly functioning adult i think is what they're trying to say but then you know like how do you define properly functioning adult yeah, i was gonna say what's right. that how yeah. do you know how do you know they're equipped with the knowledge skills and attitudes it's all subjective it is. It's very subjective. It, it, so that's school is completely subjective. Because right. look at 100%. look at our grading. We we've already yeah. talked yeah. about this. Grading is completely subjective. So I yep. mean when unless, you get to grade twelve, maybe you had some real easy graders this that whole time going through. Unless you're right. gonna you know, and, unless you're gonna standardize test, which we know that doesn't work because that then you've got that socioeconomic gender racial problem going on. Then right. like how are you gonna figure it out? <laughs> it, it, how are you going to figure it out and that might be why it's so difficult for us to find someone who's defined it because how can you define it i so, don't know I, okay well i have to tell you my son i asked him i said what what's the definition of a good school <laughs> and, he, and so he's a senior and he says a good school is one where students are happy and get good grades but does that make them a successful student? Evidently, that makes yeah. them a successful student. Are well, they equipped I, I, with skill, the skills and the attitude? Well, I have to tell you, I love his school. 
you know, he's got, he's got amazing teachers, but he's been there for four years and they have such a small staff and it's such a small school. He's had the same teachers for four years. So they get to know him. They know his strengths. They know his weaknesses. It's personal yeah. relationships. And um, we've yeah. talked, you know, that's it, part it, of it, isn't it? Yeah. It's just, it's not going to happen. What about this other definition that I found? Um, it said, this was from an article called it's time for a real definition of student success. It was written by Amelia Parnell. Um, she works for um, a group that does policy and research um, for higher education. So this is really, they wrote this in reference to college students saying that this is what a successful college student is like. So um, one, a successful student knows when and how to adapt or attempt to change their environment. Two, a successful student understands their own needs and the needs of others and knows how to balance competing individual and community priorities. Three, a successful student knows how to manage resources, both those for which they are individually responsible and those that they share responsibility with for others. And a successful student realizes their unique contributions to the world and is prepared to leverage their abilities to improve the conditions around them. What do you guys think of that? I like that. Yeah, I like that one better. That's, I, I like it. Yeah. There's nothing in there about College. academics, is there? No. There's mm -mm. nothing in there about knowing how to mm. read or do math. <laughs> but that, you got to <laughs> so, have that. So like, where does that fit in here? <laughs> this is what I'm saying is like, what is the product of public school? You know, or school in general? What, what, what do we want? But, but I like that second definition that you just read with all of those, those four bullet points. You can even put that in kindergarten, you know? You could. <laughs> those are, right. but that's good though, right? Yeah. You don't, you want. Yep. Yeah. Kids at every level. Isn't this just this to me is a definition of a good human being? Yeah, these are life skills. Right. Not academic. What are we doing in our in our schools then to reach those goals? Schools are not teaching what kids really need to know anymore. No. You know, I, I mean, of course, you need the basics. You need to know how to read at grade level. You need to know how to analyze and have a conversation and write. You need the basic skills. But I mean, we're not a successful student. I think would come out with some financial knowledge, you know, mm -hmm. how to, how to save, how to negotiate that some real kind of thing. world knowledge. Yeah. Yes. And we're mm -hmm. not, we're not doing that. We're not teaching them like the soft skills, how to interview, how to, how to, um, you know, save money with that kind of, what those kinds of things are. Yeah. And um, I try and work that so, in. I, mean, I teach bio, but I still try and work that stuff in all the time. Those were the only two definitions that I, I really found. Um, and then Jen, you found kind of something that kind of goes with the next thing I, I was, you know, talked a lot is like, what, what do you do to determine a success of a school? You know, uh, how, how do you know a school is going to be successful? And there was a lot of websites that said, here's what successful schools do. Nobody ever said like what the students look like that come out of those successful yeah. schools, but they said, here's what successful schools do. And, and you found something about elements of a successful school. What was that you found? So, I mean, they just went through one by one, you know, all these different elements of a successful school, you know, a school that focuses on the total child commitment to equity and excess family and community engagement, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> But there was one section that I was like, oh, for sure. It said, you know, a school cannot be successful 
if it has strong teachers and leadership, but lacks, there's your word people, lacks family and community involvement or commitment to ensuring the needs of all students are met. That that sits huge for me because, you know, I, I mean, I our schools do a pretty darn good job of, you know, we've got a lot of these elements lined up, but man, we we really do have a lack of family and community involvement when we're at, and it's huge. And you can tell, you know, the apples from the oranges, you can tell which kids have parent involvement and, you know, I guess they, they, I mean, this might sound terrible, but it, it seems like they're more on the path to being a successful student. Right. But the kids that have no support at home either, or there is nobody at home, just the total lack of involvement, because we can only do what we do in the hours that we see them. Right. Then they go home and it's like, if, if there's no support at home, then all everything that we did all day is kind of like one ear and out the other. So, so let me, let me ask you this then. Is it a uh, school, is it a school's job to make sure that families are involved with their kids? It, it can't be a school's job. You can, you can try to your face is red. It, you can't control what happens outside of the walls of the school. Then, then how can this, then this element of a successful school that isn't an element of a successful school, <laughs> right? If you're, if you're trying to attract community involvement and you mm -hmm. can't, a school can't get the community involved or get a family involved in the education of their child, then mm -hmm. how can that possibly be an element of a successful school? You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Totally. lots of places I looked at had what the variables were that contributed to like ranking schools. There's one um, website called niche.com actually that ranks schools throughout the whole country and you can look them up and you can compare schools to one another. You should go look up our on niche, go look up our junior high compared to the other junior high. Very interesting. Very, oh, very they go look at that. Very interesting. But um, one, um, uh, article from California's top school districts, they said these were the variables that they found that contributed to students leaving su successfully or or successfully, whatever that success looks like, because we still have it to find it. Mm -hmm. The number of students that are in the um, are in the school, the graduation rate, the amount of money that's funded per student, the student to teacher ratio, percentages of students that score proficient on math, standardized math and standardized reading tests. And uh, so those were the main, those were the main things. So that they were looking at very concrete numbers. This mm -hmm. one was, and saying that top school districts had um, a low number, like a high graduation rate, a high number of like funding per student, a low teacher student ratio. Um, and that they had students that were scoring proficient on standardized tests. So it, it didn't take into consideration any of these other things, right? <laughs> we just talked about like <laughs> being able to be successful in life. It doesn't have any of that. Here's how they rate K-8 schools in niche. Um, they, they go by academic grade based on the state's assessment proficiency and survey responses on academics from students and parents. The teacher's grade, so teacher salary, teacher absenteeism, state test results, survey responses on teachers. So they do they use a survey thing too from parents, teachers, 
plus other number of things. District overall grade comes from um, a rigorous analysis of academic and student life data, um, along with reviews from students and parents. Culture and diversity grade based on the racial and economic diversity. Um, parent student surveys and their overall experience. So they, they take all of those together and that's how they rate K-8 schools based on those things. So if, we, it, so if we're talking about what good schools have, that's how they're that's how these um, websites are rating schools. Other things that they found that were really important from the um, every every student succeeds act, the requirements and considerations. These were the nine suggested indicators um, and some examples of how they judged what made a successful school. Uh, one, they surveyed the. Uh, school climate and their safety. So they looked at suspension and expulsion rates. Um, obviously, the higher, the worse, the lower, the better. They looked at the access uh, students had to post-secondary resources and how prepared they were. For example, was there a career and guidance counseling available? Um, student engagement, which was um, indicated in part by absenteeism, right? The more absent kids you have, obviously, the less engaged they are in being there. Teacher engagement, how how uh, often were teachers retiring, leaving, or absent from their job? Parent engagement, how involved were parents? Were they vo volunteering? This kind of goes back to what you were saying, Jen. Um, do they volunteer at the school? Are they, are they participating in the school? The quality of instruction based on how teachers were prepared and their um, and the professional development they received. They looked at elementary and middle school readiness. In other words, using math and there's a math and reading proficiency testing again. Uh, they looked at post-secondary readiness performance on college admission exams. And then um, the last one was socio-emotional learning and persistence. In other words, how much time management skills did um, these students have and they, you, do they have a growth mindset or not? So that, those were things they said made a school successful if, if those things were in place, but again, a lot of it is still subjective, right? You, ha you have to pick a number at which level absenteeism is now considered a um, detriment, right? Is it 50%, 80%, 10%? So they didn't go into, into that. Um, it's just saying that th these are qualities that successful schools have. Um, Again, you know, you could look at your school, I guess, and decide, you'd still have to decide at what level, right? Things were at. Mm -hmm. Who does that? Who gets to decide? <laughs> is it who does your that? parents do? Is it the school board? Um, who should be, who should be deciding whether or not schools are successful? Yeah. <laughs> Crickets, Bueller, Bueller, yeah. I mean, seriously, there's this is what's this is what's driving me crazy right now is that there are just so many people complaining about schools are not successful, but are and I think a lot of it is they're basing it on reading and math scores, like oh the kids can't read and they can't do math. Um, is that what we want as our as our uh, baseline for success? We, yes, math they, have and have reading basic, they have to have a basic level of math and reading. Please. So if yeah. a student comes out of 12th grade high school and they're on 12th grade level for reading, 
and they're, and they can do whatever 12th grade math is, um, or whatever level of the highest level of expected math. Cause I know that things like calculus and that aren't necessarily required. I don't think, but the required, they can complete the required math on the state testing at a proficient level. Is that, are we done? That's you can go. Okay. Are we done? No way. Is that, is that good for, is that a successful student who, no, nope. if we can measure, if we have kids take the state test and at 12th grade, they're. So um, you're talking like matriculation, like they do in other grade, other countries. Well, yeah, like at the, they're at 12th grade are, they take the state test. They're at grade level. They're, at, they're proficient. They're considered proficient. In they could be proficient and, and be a fucking idiot. No, <laughs> I don't think so. They need to be more well-rounded. Okay. So that would be, is that what we're saying? A successful outcome would be, we want students who definitely can read and write at read, write, and do math at grade but, but, level. But some kids, but some, oh, what else? God. Okay. So when are we doing this? Because um, like, what about our sped kids? Like they don't have to be at grade level in reading and math. Like what, what, then what, are they successful? Yeah, they Absolutely. So what grade level do we want as a minimum? It, it, does it have to be 12th grade for them to graduate? Then we come back. Well, then we come back to who decides. Who's going to decide what makes a kid successful? How do you know your school is successful? I keep that's a question I keep coming back to because you know, you can have all of these measurements, like, but there's, they're very mm -hmm. ambiguous. I think your, I think your school is successful as a parent. If you're pleased with your school, <laughs> you're a parent mm -hmm. with a kid in school, what makes in your, in your, in your opinion, then, um, how do you know your school, the school that your kids are going to is successful? What are you judging it by? Okay. So I would say, I would say that my elementary school, my children's elementary school was a good school. I think that they progressed along very well. They closed some um, some gaps there where they my kids were not very good readers and they brought them up to reading speed. They were able to do that through intervention programs. The kids were challenged with their academic work. Are they proficient on the state test? Uh, I opt them out. <laughs> because that... <laughs> because test scores are currently the most accepted way to determine whether or not a school is successful in educating students. And I, uh, and, and I opt them out because, you know, my one child has, you know, health issues and how will you know your child's successful if they're not taking the state test, Sharon? How do I know? Because, because <laughs> my kid wants to go to school almost every day. And for me, that's a win. Before that was not the case and that affected everybody's health. So is that the, um, that's your standard or should that be everyone's standard or should, or, or is a successful school simply one person or one parent or, or one teacher's opinion? Yeah, it's all opinion. I think it's all opinion. This is killing me. How is it possible then for anybody to say any school is successful? <laughs> It's a round bell. <laughs> it's a round circle. It's a circle. It's a circle. It's a circle. Chicken or egg? Chicken or egg? I, you know, how do you do it? Omelet. <laughs> With some vegetables, please. <laughs> Easy cheese. Yeah. Oh, no. Extra cheese. See, how do you, who makes the best omelet? 
it's subjective. If I'm a parent then, and I'm looking for like a school to put my kids in. I think, I think you need to go to the school. You need to sit in those grade classes and see which one you feel comfortable in. What is, where is the place that you could see your child liking? What place would they love to be in? If you're talking elementary school, you've got to go sit in the classes. Because I sat in several classes and I can tell you that, you know, they would be good in the one that I picked. And then the other one, I was like, oh no, my kids would not be happy here. All, all of these criteria for success then can't like really drive your decision. Then it's what, where you go and what you feel then is what yeah, you're saying. Because everybody's going to be personally different now, but I will tell you this. Now I also picked the school that my kids went to because I knew that they weren't at the level they should be. Right. And they needed mm. some extra help. So I picked the school with less kids that needed extra help because, yeah, because then kids for sure. I knew my kids would get extra help. Here's another thing. And, and speaking of like what you were talking about before we got going here today, Jen, about um, school leadership and such. Um, another, there was like this five factor theory of effective schools. And I saw this across many, many websites, across many, many articles. Um, the five factor the five factors that are used as measurement. And the one that came across was strong educational leadership and um, high expectations of student achievement, right? So the quality of the leadership and the effectiveness of the instructional programs and practices is number one, according mm -hmm. to this particular way of rating it. So if your school leadership, if your principal isn't, it isn't like showing, being a leader, without being a dictator, right? That's that's really another way that's gonna drive success because it's gonna make teachers work better mm -hmm. um, and wanna be there. It'll make students wanna be there because they'll feel supported. Our, I think our district is moving that way. They're trying to because at all of our academic lead meetings, it's all about you know getting the admin trained to be instructional leaders not just hierarchy that's the, that's the talk anyway let's see if it comes to something if you don't have good leadership at a school then you have teachers who are resentful mm -hmm. and then they, yep. they kind of check out right so they said in um in this particular article about how schools sustain um, success um that they noticed that the best practices were when teachers were given ample opportunities to make decisions about what they're teaching and learning and that they were collaboratively engaged in action research to discover those instructional practices, not told like, you're going to teach this, mm -hmm. right? And they're, they're the ones doing some of the research and that there was internal leadership structures like team teaching and support for new teachers, mm -hmm. like mentoring the principal, they said, sets the bar on expectations for student achievement. How do you feel about that? Eh? <laughs> we've, got, we've gone through so many principles, <laughs> like, you know, I've, I've had three principals have been at the school three years. Like, is that what's gonna measure it? I don't know. That's so funny. We were just having this conversation yesterday at lunch. How long have you been at the school? How many principals you've been through? <laughs> oh, really? How funny. 
Oh, yeah. I was through in my all my years there. I went through at least yeah eight. Would that be a successful school then? If you if you were a parent and you're like, oh my gosh, they've changed principles every so many years here. What's think going that on? That's like the trend now. They keep they keep moving people around. Is that just our district that does that? Well, some of our principals aren't right. moving by exactly. choice. They're being told to move. Well, I guess it would depend on the reason that they're yeah, moving. Yeah, we no, of course we well, we won't know the reason. Right. Right. If they're if they're moving an excellent principal to a school that really needs an excellent principal, it's one thing. But the ones that's not so good is when they take a bad principal mm -hmm. and move them somewhere else. To give them another chance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Plan B. Do, you, do you think they move those bad or poor performing principals to the best performing schools <laughs> no where way. they can have a chance? Why? So they can go fuck that up? No. Where yeah, do they no. put them? Probably in the lowest performing yeah. schools. Right? Where so... there's the most support needed. <laughs> <laughs> God. It's a circle. Oh, God. You know, so... It is. We're back to the beginning again. What makes a successful school? I have no idea. Okay, so since obviously there's no standard for what a successful school is, there's lots of ideas of what can make a school successful. And we went over some ideas of what is a successful student, is the outcome of a successful student academic, you know, they're at grade level for reading and writing every year, or is it that they, you're more looking at the whole person as a product at the end, like somebody who has ability yes. to contribute to society in a, in a productive manner. Thing. I think you can't, you can't pick it apart piece by piece. It doesn't. And it can't just be all academics. Yeah. There's no way. I think what I hear you saying is that. <laughs> Such an <laughs> <laughs> I think what I hear you saying is I thought that was a therapist. <laughs> I know. I feel like it should be laying on the couch. Talk to me and talk to me getting sleepy. So what we're saying then, I think, see if you agree with me, is that you not only need students who come out of school districts or come out of each grade level on on mm -hmm. level proficient, right? In reading and math and writing. I don't know why they never throw writing in there. Writing is so critical. So if the, if a student comes grade level to grade level, each grade level, they're coming out proficient in reading and proficient in math and writing. And they have social skills that allow them to interact as humans with other humans. I, I, always, I always tell my students, it's all about balance. You want to be successful in anything, mm -hmm. it's about balance. I, th like in a perfect world, it would be all of those, what we talked about with college students, plus be academically, <laughs> you know what I mean? On level. Boom. There it is. Drop the mic. Where's my award? <laughs> so if we, if we go back to the beginning, you're talking about those, um, the student, they're adaptive. They understand their own needs, the needs of others. There's your empathy, um, manage, manage resources, you know, uh, responsible for themselves and others. Yeah. If you could throw all that together, you know, prepare to leverage their abilities, improve conditions around them, their own with, and community, with some academics yeah. shit, man. Uh, that's a pretty successful school. I think ding, 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 ding. Yeah, I agree. I think that would be it. You yeah, need both you, of those. You can't have one you without can't... the other. I don't think. Yeah. I mean, schools have to have academics or it has to be a baseline. Mm -hmm. I think you need to, they need to decide at what is that baseline then for mm -hmm. that district, right? What, what is it 
you are proficient according to state testing? No. Um, or is it is it something, you know, some other academic way of measuring? Um, and and having those social mm-hmm. emotional skills. You need both of those things. Well, yes. if we could go back to our, you know, thought that we've come across so many times where if they have to reach that third grade mark before they move on. You don't go right? on. They have to reach that third grade mark before they go on. And then you, you know, move on through. You got to reach that eighth grade mark before you go on or sixth grade, wherever you want to put it, then you, you can go on. Then by the time they're in 12th grade, we would have that, what we just wished for. The proficiency levels. Yeah. Because you don't move on until you're proficient at whatever is decided to be the level for that particular grade. Okay. That's the problem. Right. So Levels just, of mastery, not A's, B's, C's. We kind of go circle back to our other our other podcasts on on social promotion, yep. and right? Gra- and grading, you know how that doesn't work. Yeah, and grading. There's so many. You can't separate them. They're all. It's it's it's. They're all integrated. It's all webbed together in this massive, messy thing. <laughs> So folks, I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I thought we'd be able to get on here and tell you exactly what a successful school looks like, but apparently we're lame ass at that too. So we can't, <laughs> we can, we can't figure it out. Dumas. Yeah. Okay. Starting, we're starting the, we're starting the dialogue about that. We're just here. We're just here to start the dialogue. We're not here to close the dialogue. We're just here to start the dialogue. Come on. So at your own schools, how, how does your school or school district know that you're on track for being successful? Is there measurements in place? Do you have standards? What do you do about kids who are not on track for being successful? Um, what's, what's their uh, alternative? How do we deal with that? Because I think a lot of times we just don't. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we decided finally <laughs> that a successful school is students who are proficient, in reading math and writing at their particular level and are, are nice. (laughs) And they're not assholes. (laughs) They're not assholes. If you're an asshole, you cannot graduate. Is there a test for that? I don't know. Do you have, maybe that's what that part in the yearbook (laughs) is most likely. Most likely to be an asshole. (laughs) God, I, there's a lot of those kids who'd be failing right now and not mm. successful. How much of it is the school's responsibility? Um, yeah, responsibility for de-assholing kids. And then they go home and get re-assholed. <laughs> then that's called indoctrination. This just sounds all bad. <laughs> you're de-assholing them. They put so much on schools though now, really. You know, because parents parents drop their kids off. Can't be all up. In the morning. And they pick them up in the afternoon with the expectation that they have become a better person. But the kids go to school because they want to be with their friends. Never, never have I seen anyone reply like, what's the best part of school? Never have I seen anyone reply about anything academic. Never. Not They don't wake (laughs) up and say, hmm, I want to go to school today so I can be proficient in reading and math. Well, and let's be real. I would never have said that either. I'm like, ooh, ditching, uh, ditching sixth period. Yeah. <laughs> With my friends. Yeah. Yeah. To or be my or friends. in my case, I had, you know, let's go to, let's go to Freddie's locker and get his thermos of quote Hot unquote soup. water. <laughs> Hot soup. It's got some really good water <laughs> in his thermos. Yeah. And 
I have a feeling that you never did that, Anne. No, and you would be, and you would be right. But I did have a friend that did do that. <laughs> oh, because I used to do that. Oh my god, we used to, we used to do that all the time. We oh my gosh, did, bottles. Are we are we definitions of successful um, schools? Are we products of successful schools? Did we, or did we become successful Man. in spite of our schools? Oh, I was a product yeah. of a successful school. My school taught me a lot. Taught me, taught me how to smoke and not get caught. <laughs> taught me how to ditch class. Taught me how to run across the freeway. Taught me, taught me all sorts of stuff. <laughs> taught myself how to lock up, lock myself in the bathroom. Oh my god! Would you oh, say? Yeah. I, I don't know. Would you say you're a product of successful um, schools, Jen? Maybe in my elementary schools, I yes, I think so. But I'm going to throw this out there, too. When I was in elementary school, first through fourth grade, that was a time when I was going to a, an extremely um, privileged school. I went to a private school, too, for a little bit. So I wasn't and my public school. I mean, I, I mean, I'll, I'll throw it out there. Like I was going to school out in um, Woodland Hills. Very, you know upper class neighborhood. My classes were small. We had a, I had a lot of one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, I, I remember going to my teacher's house for dinner one night, like, you know what I mean? It's not like it was now, you know, there weren't so many restrictions and the class sizes were mm -hmm. smaller and you actually built those relationships. Some of my fondest memories are from like my younger year teachers. And then when I really, you know, moved and I got kind of into uh, you know, a more, well, a different kind of neighborhood. Um, that's when it was like, fuck school. And, you know, I just, you know, I was that kid. I just want to be with my friends. I, I didn't care about trying to get good grades. And my teachers were, you know, my classes were huge. You know what I mean? It's like what we have, it's more of like what we're, we're dealing with right now. And then when I got to high school, you know, it was just different. Even college. Oh, God. Don't get me started on that. We're wasting my time. But yeah, I, when I when when the years I think that counted the most, right, those those first through third grades, I had amazing teachers. I went to amazing schools and I got that, you know, more of that personal education. I did. I really did. And I think that made a huge difference to me. I'm a product of the school district in which I taught. You know, I am my family, you know, moved here in um, this 1962 and then we never moved anywhere else. And so I went to school all the way kindergarten, all the way through high school in our district. And although I can remember having really nice teachers and good, some good teachers, I mean, and some bad teachers, the thing that made me successful, that made me a successful student were my parents. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't have because that. I didn't have that. You know what I mean? For me, it was my teachers. And but um, I will say at the lower grade levels, not when I got older, my parents never put pressure on me like you will get A's. But there was enough um, emphasis on the importance of education in my household that I knew that if I didn't do well, it would disappoint my parents. Mm -hmm. And my dad would work with us, all of us every night. And he'd sit at the table with us and go over our homework with us. I mean, I had had that growing up. And I think that was what why I'm successful, because I didn't want more more than the school I, I was at, I think. 
Um, that's why I was successful because of the attention that my parents were able to give me. So maybe, maybe that's just some other, another part. We talked about that mm -hmm. earlier too, that you don't have parent involvement. It does definitely make it harder mm -hmm. to be successful, you know, because then you're, you're depending on a student to be self-motivated and have grit and perseverance, regardless of what's happening in their home. All right. I'll just wrap this up because that's how I feel too. Um, successful schools, I guess it's just uh, somebody's opinion. Yeah. And you're basically going to have yep. to do the research on your own and take your own children's um, needs and and personalities into into consideration when deciding whether or not the school that they're going to is successful um, for meeting their needs. And I suppose yeah. it also depends on your own personal definition of what mm -hmm. a successful student is. Don't read any, I, I get, yeah, don't figure, just, figure I guess out, reading people. articles about it doesn't really <laughs> help. So <laughs> <laughs> just go figure it out. Trust, trust your gut, you know, you got to go and trust yeah. your gut. And, and maybe, maybe before you start looking at schools and, and saying, oh, that's a crummy school, that school doesn't know what they're doing. Maybe before people start pointing fingers at those schools, they need to take a deeper look at what is actually going on in the school, spend time in the school, talk to the um, leadership of the district and um, see what what is missing. Why is that? What are the factors that are causing it before you say public education is failing your kid? Um, there's a lot of different factors that can go mm -hmm. in into whether your particular child is successful somewhere or not. One kid's one kid may be six, feeling great yep. about it, and some other child may be floundering. So I think that comes to it. It's just individual choice, individual deci decision whether or not that school is successful. Word and what your criteria is. Yep. And as your kids get older, yes, listen to them. Yeah, definitely pay attention to your kids. They have their own opinions and reasons and voices for things. Yeah. All right. So now that we've solved that issue, that there is no definition <laughs> for a successful school and there is no, there is no, <laughs> right, check check it out. There is no definition for a successful student, uh, not one, let's just put it that way. There's not yeah. one definition for a successful school or one definition for a successful student. It's comes down to choices of what you choose or what you think in your own personal opinion is. So there you go. There you go. Another problem solved by transparency and teaching. And it's done. And... Don't you feel, don't you all feel great? Yeah. Glad that you spent this last bit of time solving that problem that I'm sure has been plaguing yeah. you. And now, now you can rest easily at night knowing that you now can decide what a successful school is. I know that's been keeping you up at night. Man, I can't wait to sleep. Man, that took a load off. I can't wait to sleep. <laughs> I'm gonna sleep. I feel so refreshed yeah. now that I know that I know that okay. uh, there is no one definition for successful school. That feels so much better. I don't know. Does it? I don't, I'm so concrete. Um, in any case, until next time. Tune in again to transparencyandteaching.com. Don't forget to visit our website. Leave us comments. Please rate and review us. We've got to know you're out there listening. Yeah. Come yeah. on, we have to be rated so we know Are we're we successful. Are we a successful <laughs> podcast? <Please>. Yes. <laughs> How are we going to know we're a successful <laughs> podcast if we don't have ratings? That's so true. Or you got to review us. We got to know if we're successful. 
Um, <clears throat> yeah, but aside from that, you know, just uh, drop us a line and let us know what do you want to hear about. Um, what are we? What are we missing? What's your feelings about this topic and any others? And what other topics would you like to hear us banter about? Until next time, <laughs> bye. <laughs>